The following is a podcast where expert practitioners and thought leaders share their insights and advice. A big thank you to all of you out there, our listeners. If you have any feedback, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about on this podcast, drop me an email at insights at securitycompass.com. There's many security professionals that um, come from different industries and not necessarily programming. Um, I just happen to have, you know, come from a programming background. Although I do find it very useful, um, many security professionals don't have a programming background. And so it does offer you a unique skill set that you can offer to the trade. Um, certain things like people don't scale. And so automation's more needed, shifting things left. And so having that programming background helps me to also be able to come up with creative and, and um, helpful solutions to those things and look at it from a different perspective, uh, potentially than others in, in um, the InfoSec department. You're listening to the Balancing Act podcast from Security Compass, your guide to going fast, while staying safe in today's digital world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Christmas holiday edition of the Balancing Act from Security Compass. I'm your host, Altaz Vellani. Many of you in our listening audience are either trying to get into the vast arena called secure software development, or maybe graduated from a program that teaches you about security and software development, or you've recently transitioned after working many years in a different role within an organization. Irrespective of where you came from, wouldn't it be nice to have someone with years of experience in the field to give you some perspective, some guidance, tips, tricks, source of encouragement? Well, in today's podcast, we're going to speak to Sean McKeague. She will share her personal journey with us, and I hope this will both inspire and help those of us who are newer to the secure software space. Welcome to the podcast today, Sean. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do in your current role? Yes, um, I work for Gen Digital as a principal software engineer. And um, so I participate on programming projects, but also uh, focus on security. So I help the department in with security architecture, uh, talk through remediation plans, pen testing, things like that. And so I also act as a liaison between us and our uh, InfoSec department. Hmm, interesting. Now, let, let's start at the beginning. Looking back, were there certain key events in your childhood that, that perhaps set the tone and helped you to eventually get into security? Can you, can you see a connection there somehow? Yeah, definitely. Um, it started with my father. Uh, he, for um, as part of his job, was a programmer. Uh, he was a chief operator of a, of a pipeline and had to work with different various uh, programming languages. So I grew up around computers and developed a love for computers. And um, that led also actually part of my, uh, at high school, my teacher 
one of my teachers offered programming classes. And so I, I uh, took those. And so that got me into the programming field, um, which led me into the security field as well. Hmm, interesting. And as you were taking these courses, did you find that you were among a few people that were interested in computers or was it a fairly large class? Actually, back in um, those days, that was um, around 98, 99. Um, there were some people, but I, I feel like there weren't as many people interested in the field back in those years. Mm -hmm. Interesting how times have changed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so, you know, so, so, so now you're going in, you know, you're interested in high school. Um, and I hear this so often, right? It starts at an mm -hmm. early age. Um, and tell me now, you know, you've gone through and you're, and you're getting ready to land your first job. How did you land your first job? Yeah, so I was out of college. Um, I had a friend who was working at Symantec. And um, I hadn't actually heard of the company previously, but they recommended it as a great place to work. And so um, it, that got me interested in a position there, but there weren't any programming jobs available at that time. Um, so what I decided to do was I, I applied for an enterprise support job. And within six to nine months, a programming job did open up and that made it easier to um, you know, move within the company to a position that I really wanted. Mm. So it helped me get my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember when I first started out, um, I, I was in uh, very interested in software development, but started mm -hmm. out actually on the help desk side. Um, and it was, uh, you know, you, you never quite, you know, always get in where you think, uh, but this might be helpful for folks that are just getting in. And it's like, I just can't quite get that dream job, you know, uh, keep keep moving ahead, keep keep looking for those opportunities that can kind of help you uh, get to eventually where you want to go. Um, you know, and, and as part of this, whole idea of landing jobs. Um, there's a process, an interview process that we generally go through. Can you talk a little bit about um, some good experiences, some bad experiences you've had uh, around interviews in the past? Yeah, sure. I mean, when I was younger, I would get really nervous about interviews, and I'm sure a lot of people do. I, I was thinking, you know, I have to be perfect. I have to know everything or I'm not gonna get the job, or I need to be able to be a salesman and sell, my, sell myself, um, which isn't necessarily my personality type. Um, so, you know, I've had, I had interviews that I would go in there so nervous and I was my own worst enemy and I didn't get the job. But as I um, got more experience at interviewing, I, I got more comfortable with it and looked at it in a different light as more of, um, this is, it has to be a good fit both ways. And not every candidate is gonna be 100% perfect fit. You're always going to have to be willing to do some on the job learning. Um, outside of that, I also looked at it as the relationship as this is a potential future customer for me that has needs and problems and how could I be of service to them and solve those problems. And so that made me more comfortable with the interviews and, and they became more natural for me. So, so having that different perspective mm -hmm. based on your experience allowed you then to get more comfortable as you were talking to people, right? Yep, definitely. Interesting, interesting. Um, and, and as you've gone through and you've done numerous interviews, um, you've probably held some interviews yourself, you know, mm -hmm. and you've got potential candidates coming in as well. Uh, can you talk a little bit about this whole process of, of maturing in your career, um, you know, the interviews are, are just sort of the initial stages. You eventually make your way into a company. 
uh, you're, you're doing things in the company, you're growing, you're building relationships, and it makes it a little bit easier over time. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have any mentors to guide you, to lead you, whether within each organization or uh, even outside of the organizations, uh, but just kind of guiding and helping you? Or, or was there some other way that you continued to, to mature? Oh, for sure. I had mentors. And I think working relationships are so important um, for everyone. Um, I mean, my father was a mentor for me to get me into programming. But once I was in there, um, at a certain point, I hit a ceiling. Uh, in my programming, um, where my programming career, where a lot of the um, natural path is to get into management. Um, but a mentor at Symantec, who was a security engineer in another department, helped me see another opportunity um, that sometimes people overlook as a career path for programmers or software engineers. So um, he talked me through that. And, and um, the path I'd need to get there um, from programmer to security engineer, um, the trainings, the certification. So I really appreciate everything that he had did for me to get me to this point. And it's something that I like to do for others as well to get more people um, to look at security engineering as a career path for them and um, how they would do that. So I, uh, that's something I want to, I received and I want to give to others. Mm-hmm. How did you connect with this mentor? Did the mentor reach out to you? Did you reach out to the mentor? Was there a program within Semantic that enabled this? How, how did that all work? Yeah, we were, um, it was as part of our AppSec program. So we had um, a hybrid bro- uh, model where we, you know, we had a centralized security engineering office, but then they would reach out and work with us different engineers. And so as just a natural part of needing to secure my own applications, I started to develop this interest in security and had built up my relationship with them. Um, so, yeah, they, so they kept in touch with me. Um, and I, I also had reached out to them about potentially, you know, wanting to find another career opportunity for myself. Mm. And, and you'd mentioned that you'd like to kind of pay this forward as well. Yes. Um, do you have relationships right now where you're helping those that are somewhat new to the field? Yes. Um, on each application team within my department, I've been training up other engineers who have expressed that interest to become more security savvy, security champions. So I went through and set up a program for them um, and trainings and that, and I still work with them, but trying to build more security into the individual teams and help them become um, more self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. Are, there, are there certain attributes, skills, personality traits that you look for in someone that you're, you're just drawn to, to be able to mentor them? I, well, one, they just have to have uh, interest. One thing is just having a passion for it. Um, I think you also need to have a creative mindset um, with security, uh, a desire to learn. Um, you're always having to stay on top of things. Um, and so I think those are good starting traits. Um, an analytical mind, those are, are good qualities in, in someone that um, who wants to kind of make that shift from programming into security. Yeah, yeah. And you'd mentioned that there's, you know, th- you, you kind of have to keep up with, with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that goes on. So let, let me turn that on you. How do you manage to keep up with all of these security threats, these mitigations, and, you know, all, all the knowledge that, that's coming our way now? So one thing I do on a daily basis is I, I follow different um, 
bloggers, I have my, uh, my RSS reader. So things like, um, you know, Darknet, there's Naked Security, the Sands blog, there's NIST, you can, there's a bunch of different feeds out there that you can follow. And so I definitely keep up on those on a, a daily basis. Um, there's podcasts, a lot of security podcasts out there that I like to listen to. Um, there's the secure de uh, developer, Darknet Diaries, there's a number of them. And then for conferences, um, things like AppSec USA, DevSecCon, I, I really liked. There's Black Hat, there's DEF CON. So there's a number of um, different sources that can help that help me keep up to date on threats and mitigations. Yeah, and 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 if someone is is kind of starting out and they're looking ahead, um, you know, some of these podcasts or conferences or blogs tend to be somewhat broader. Uh, and more general, and others tend to be more specific, highly detailed. Uh, mm -hmm. They go down like sort of a deep dive on the technical stack, things like that. Um, any thoughts, any advice that you could give to, you know, someone who's just starting out? Should they go both broad and deep or start deep and go broad? Or like, what's your advice? I, I think broad than deep worked the best for me. Um, so I started out with my... Um, I just, I, I went for a CSSP a certification. So it was more, it, it helped me go through the act of learning a bunch of different things that I normally wouldn't to, to get that broad view. Um, Cause as a programmer, I spent a lot of time at the application layer, but it helped me get a more well-rounded understanding um, of the full network stack and how things work. So, but then since then, um, I've been able to go deep in certain areas that are, are more applicable to my job. Mm -hmm. And for those that are uh, looking to grow in security, uh, is it necessary or is it helpful from your perspective to have uh, some kind of programming background in order to, to, to kind of grow in this field? Not necessarily. I mean, there's many security professionals that um, come from different industries and not necessarily programming. Um, I just happen to have, you know, come from a programming background, although I do find it very useful. Um, many security professionals don't have a programming background, and so it does offer you a unique skill set that you can offer to the trade. Um, certain things like people don't scale. And so automation's more needed, shifting things left. And so having that programming background helps me to also be able to come up with creative and, and um, helpful solutions to those things and look at it from a different perspective, uh, potentially than others in, in um, the InfoSec department. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a key thing, right? Uh, we're, we're at a point now where things are sufficiently complex where really what helps us to determine how to mitigate and to, and to sort of construct these countermeasures is um, to really have the diversity of thought. Different mm -hmm. people come from different backgrounds. They come from a, a different way of looking at the problem. And it may just be that you know, one particular point that someone raises might in fact help steer the conversation and open up a whole different way of looking at things, for example. So don't, don't minimize the fact that, uh, you know, out there, you might actually be able to contribute uh, value to, to a discussion that takes place. Um, let me sort of turn uh, you know, our attention here a little bit towards lessons learned. 
Yes. Uh, of course, every every career is perfect. I mean, you know, <laughs> so it's like when you look at this, it's like we all we all go we'll go up and down. Just kidding, right? Yes. So yeah. um, now from your perspective, I think it would be very helpful if you could share some of the difficult lessons that you've learned in your own career as you've progressed. Yeah, I think, you know, I am very self-starting and had the habit of jumping into things too fast. Um, and so I've really learned the importance of just slowing down and taking time to really understand things first, especially when you have to make a decision that'll be harder to reverse later or costly. It's really valuable to take, sit down and take the time to really understand everything and factor everything in. Um, not just technology, you really need to also factor in people and culture into your decision. And so that helped me to be more patient and, and take the time before jumping in to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember even early in my career, um, it was so difficult for me to let go and and just have others take on pieces of, of what I was working on or what we were working mm -hmm. on as a team, right? Uh, but that's a hurdle that you eventually need to overcome. Uh, it's you really as a as a team end up doing a lot better when each person has an opportunity to contribute. Uh, and, and part of what you were talking about, you know, building that culture of collaboration and working together, um, you know, it, it wasn't emphasized as much when I was kind of starting out, but, uh, you know, how much more so now, I think, given just the sheer amount of, of complexity and, and the work that needs to get done, um, it's not possible to have one person try and do no. everything all together uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. And that was another, actually, you remind me of another important lesson I had to learn is that you need to build something that's sustainable. It can't depend just on you. you for things to really last and survive and grow, it has to be something that you build up as a community and not just one person. So that was another important lesson that I learned too. Yeah. And I found that uh, one of my mentors early on really helped to kind of, uh, you know, build that environment where, where these kinds of discussions could in fact happen, uh, which was just great. I never, never really forgot that. Mm -hmm. um, so let me sort of, you know, you're here, you're, you're successful, you're doing well. Now, if you had to give some advice to your younger self, <laughs> what would you say to yourself? Well, so when I was going from programming into security engineering, um, one of the first things is I was just overwhelmed by the, the sheer amount of information I had to learn. And then also could get, was frustrated because, you know, something that seemed a small task took me all day to do. Um, but I think you just need to be patient with yourself. It will come, just got to give it time. Um, you know, things that used to take me all day now are 15 minutes, but um, that's just part of the journey and just one day at a time. The other thing I think I was anxious about was with security, the stakes are high and getting that anxiety of what if I mess up? Um, but really there are, you have a community of people. Security is not just one person doing it alone. Um, there's a lot of best practices out there. And so you need to just work with your counterparts, make sure you're following best practices and, and things could happen, um, but they're also accounted for. Uh, and so just not to be too anxious about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. You've brought up uh, the idea of, of sort of working with your peers a few times. You know, we, we used to work in very small groups that were kind of localized, you know, within our city or, or within our state, uh, you know, but 
these days we really work within a global team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so having the empathy to be able to, to work with teams that come from different cultures, maybe, you know, think differently, uh, they approach a problem differently, um, being able to go. And I think to me, that was another area of just growing to that next level. Um, understanding that, that, you know, the way that people approach things um, may be a little bit different and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. We're all, we're all kind of moving towards the same goal at the end of the day and this sort of mutual empathy and encouragement within a team can go a long ways towards bringing people who maybe are new to the field and giving them an on-ramp into a successful career going forward. Um, is there anything else, Sean, that, that we haven't discussed today that you would like to voice to, to tell those that are, are sort of starting out in their careers that you think would be helpful for them? Um, you know, I think that is something that is, it's a wall worth in your um, to, to do. It's going to take some time, um, but it brings such a benefit to your employer to have this skill set. Um, we're only going to need more security professionals in this industry. Um, you know, I would love to see the day, you know, programmers, they, you know, there's engineering excellence, and we pride ourselves on a lot of different um, skills. And I envision a day where security is something that all programmers do, and they pride themselves that security is part of their engineering excellence. And and, um, yes, so I look forward to that day when that happens. And um, I think another thing is just to, um, you know, sometimes when you're in the security field, you can hit plateaus. Maybe you feel like you're not making a difference. Um, But again, with that, it's, there's, this uh, Japanese have this level of learning concept that comes from the martial arts that's called uh, shuhari. And there's different stages. So when you start out, you're at the shu level where you're just learning the traditional wisdom, the rules, the laws, and obeying those. But eventually you get to a point where you move to ha, where you start to detach from that and can break away from that tradition and re where it becomes more natural. So um, eventually, you start to understand the principles behind the rules. Um, you, if you have a programming background, you can start to understand where the engineers are coming from and their needs and start to be able to come up with creative ways um, to solve those problems. Um, and, and that is very fulfilling and a very fun thing to do. Wow, that's awesome. I don't even want to touch that. <laughs> Thank you, Sean, for sharing your journey with us today. It's been inspiring. It's encouraging and educational. I appreciate it. Yeah, more than happy to be here. And thank you for having me. Great. And thank you as well to our listeners for taking the time to listen to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at our handle at Security Compass. And you can also follow us on LinkedIn if you'd like. With that, I wish you all a safe and a wonderful Christmas holiday season. Thank you. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of their organization. Mm